Welcome back to Real Talk Torah, courtesy of the database with Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg. I'm Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg, and you just entered the database. And for today's issue, I want to talk about Rosh Chodesh and how it became a women's holiday. So what exactly am I talking about? Well, if you look at the Shulchan Aruch in Tuf Yud Zion, this is in Orach Chaim Tuf Yud Zion. Tuf Yud Zion is 417. There'll be a great mnemonic to remember it. But there, the Shulchan Aruch writes that although um, we can engage in Malacha on Rosh Chodesh, there is a minhag tov, a nice practice for women to not engage in malacha, or at least not engage as much of malacha, and that is because there is apparently a higher, more elevated status of Rosh Chodesh for women in that it is like a holiday, it is like a yom tov for women. Now, why exactly is this? So, the Taz, the Magen Avram, they both quote the Tur, who cites an idea from the Pirkei de Rebeliezer that this has something to do with the fact that women didn't contribute to the Chaita Ego when they were, when they were um, bombarded by their husbands who were panicking in the absence of Moshe Rabbeinu. They wanted to create some kind of a replacement, and they went to Aronakoi, and this all took place in last week's Parsha, in Parsha's Kisisa, and they, they tried to get the nose rings and the bracelets and all the things that the women had, but the women, the women refused. Rashi in the Gemara Megillah and Chaf Bezman Bez talks about exactly what transpired. The women said, "You're going to try to make a, a, a molten image that's um, that's you know it's it's nothingness, and you're going to try to let that lead you. We we were not giving in, and for that reason, says the tour, Hashem rewarded us by, or rather rewarded them, the women, not us, the men, but the women." Um, so for, for, for all those who are, who are waiting for something special for the women, this is it, or at least one of those things. And that they were rewarded that they had a special um, relationship with Rosh Chodesh, that Hashem gave them, um, more so than to men, a special holiness, a special connection to Rosh Chodesh. Now, this alone does not seem to be a fair explanation, because why exactly... Does um, does Rosh Chodesh have any connection to anyone's practice during the scene of the Chayta Egel? Now, just going back to how you could remember, it's in Tuf Yud Zayin. I think it's relevant because you might have said that the special day should be maybe Shiva Asr Batamas, right? That um, you know, there's some, something special about that day. Shiva Asr Batamas was the day that the Luchas were shattered in response to the Chayta Egel. So Tuf Yud Zion works out really well because Tuf could be like Tamas and Yud Zion can be the 17th. Now, just remember that this does not really, um, you know, the, the, this special status of Rosh Chodesh doesn't have much to do with Shiva Asr Batamas per se, but it has to do with the Chayta Egel. So in Tuf Yud Zion, this is where the, the the posts can talk about it, um, but apparently, there um, the, again the tour cites this Pirkei Darbeliezer that women didn't contribute to the Egil and therefore Hashem rewarded them um, with a special extra holiday of Rosh Chodesh. Now, again, it's it's still a little bit strange, but the tour helps us out a little bit because the tour quotes his brother Rav Yehuda. So Rav Yehuda ben Rav Asher, right? The tour was the son of the Rush, the son of of Rav Asher. And his brother, of Yehuda ben Rav Asher, he cites an additional aspect, an additional element to this particular, um, this this particular historical and midrashic reality about women's relationship with Rosh Chodesh. The Torah's brother, Rabbi Yehuda, says that originally there was supposed to be 
each one corresponding to one of the Avos, Pesach corresponding to Avram Avinu, Shavuos corresponding to Yitzchak Avinu, Sukkot corresponding to Yaakov Avinu. He quotes even scriptural sources to to support this, to bolster this idea, but says, Rabbi Huda, there was supposed to be a special Yom Tov each month for all of the Shvatim, for the 12 Shvatim. Now, this does not include Levi, and we'll have to maybe see if we can get a little bit to why or why it doesn't matter that they don't get one. Um, but each month was supposed to have a special Yom Tov, which would be Itzrosh Chodesh, and it would correspond to each tribe. Now, which month corresponds to which tribe? You look in different sources in Kabbalah and Midrashim, and you'll find all, all different configurations of which month corresponds to which Shevet, that I'm not going to be able to go through that now. Um, but the point is, says Rabbi Huda ben Ravasher, he says that once the Chet Egel happened, so it's not so clear but something, um, even though the, the Yom Tov was supposed to belong to each Shevet, each Shevet was supposed to have their own Yom Tov, um, it was stripped from the men. So the men of each Shevet did not get that Yom Tov, but the women all um, were able to get the Schar and the, the special holiday status of Rosh Chodesh. Now, that's, now that, that makes it slightly unclear. So it doesn't mean that women gained a special reward. The, the Lushan of the, of the Perkid Rebbe is that they gained as a Matan Schar. They gained something. So the question is, is it that the women gained or did the men just lose? Right? And also, what, still again, what exactly does Rosh Chodesh have to do with anything? So the Rebbe Huda's explanation at least tells us a little bit about why um, it's specifically Rosh Chodesh that the men were stripped from, or why weren't the men stripped of Pesach or Shavuos? And the answer is because Pesach and Shavuos, for example, like if you go with Rabbi Huda's Pshat, Rabbi Huda ben Rav Asher's Pshat is that the Avos are the ones in whose schos we have the other Yamim Tovim, but for the Shvatim themselves, it was in their schos, what were they able to have for themselves? They were able to each have their own Rosh Chodesh. Now this would be lost from them. Um, now, what about Shevet Levi? We could say that Shevet Levi had an even greater schos. Maybe Shevet Levi would have also had their own month. You know, the, you know, there are, you know, the truth is there are 13 um, sh- um, um, months if you count the second Adar. Um, but the point is that um, we could have, um, you know, Levi could have gotten an even extra promotion. The whole, you know, the whole essence of Shevet Levi, the Kohanim, the Avoda, you know, that might be a, such, a, such a special privilege in its own right that they don't even need a Rosh Chodesh, they got an even extra reward. But be that as it may, the, um, the men, where the men lose, that's where the women apparently gained. But again, the question is, which one was it? Was it that the that the men lost, or did the women actually gain? Because were the women themselves not supposed to get a special holiday of Rosh Chodesh? So we'll have to get to that in a second. Um, but, but this is a question that actually bothers some of the Mepharshim. The Beis Yosef, for example, is bothered by this... Uh, but by, by the this Rabbi Yehuda, um, because this Rabbi Yehuda um, again Ben Rav Asher, he seems uh, you know he the the he what he says is that that which the men lost the women got, but it, that doesn't sound like the women gained something new, which is the lashon of the Pirkei Derevliyazer. Right. So so the question is how exactly. Can you understand that the women gained something if it's just that the men lost? 
So the Beis Yosef actually gives a couple of explanations for this. He says that the reason why it's considered that the women gained, and it was because the men, in fact, nobody was actually given Rosh Chodesh as a Yom Tov yet. By the time of the Chet Egel, you know, even before that, they were given Rosh Chodesh, right? HaChodesh HaZalachem, they were given Rosh Chodesh, but they weren't quite given Rosh Chodesh as a holiday where there's Isra Malacha and there's a special, I guess, extra Kedusha to the day. This was not yet granted. When was it going to be granted? That's, that, that's a mystery if we go with this base Yosef, because I don't have any answers. If you have any answers, please reach out to me at the database at gmail.com. That's the data, then base, B-E-I-S, at gmail.com, if you think you have a good answer to this question. But apparently they weren't given it yet, and once the men engaged in the Chetah Egel, so then um, it was never given to them, it was just given wholly to the women. So that is that is one answer. The Beit Yosef gives another answer that um, is hard to understand on its face, but that apparently maybe you could argue, says the Beit Yosef, that women were never going to get a special holiday of Rosh Chodesh. But once the men um, sinned with the Chet Egel, so then um, that which was supposed to only belong to the men was given over to the women. But again, so the Beit Yosef, without giving any explanation as to why, says that women were not originally going to get or he, he suggests a possibility that women were not going to get the holiday of, of Rosh Chodesh. Um, maybe, maybe you can make an argument that women were not going to get the holiday of Rosh Chodesh. Maybe, I'm just thinking of this now, because of Mitzvah Seishas Mangrama. Right? If Rosh Chodesh would have been a Mitzvah Seishas Mangrama, let's say, then women would have been entirely um, um, separate from Rosh Chodesh. Maybe, maybe that's an answer. So... And it could be for, for technical reasons, it's not a good answer, but um, just something that I thought of right now. But okay, so that's, that's, these are a couple of answers. Now, the Taz doesn't like these answers. He says you don't need any of these answers. You could just say that the fact that, that men were supposed to have the holiday of Rosh Chodesh, and then it was taken from them, then w- even though women might have actually had also at the same time an entitlement to the holiday of Rosh Chodesh that they were, you know, and maybe they were already given it. Maybe everyone was already given the holiday and maybe all were supposed to have it. But the chilek of the same holiday aspect, the Kedush Rosh Chodesh that was supposed to belong to the men, so their chilek was lost and it was added on to what the women had. And he says there's nothing wrong with saying that and that that's what they gained anew. They gained in, in, the, in the sense that every aspect of the Kedush Rosh Chodesh that men would have otherwise been able to observe, all that schar goes over to the women and, you know, every chilek of this uh, of this um, pseudo mitzvah minhag of 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 Yom Tov on Rosh Chodesh that belongs wholly to the women. Now, what still is not entirely clear is why you know why exactly. Um, I mean, we said that it's uh, Rosh Chodesh works and it can be explained as being the women's holiday specifically because. This was, it was the schus of each shevet, that each shevet was going to have their own special month to be their Yom Tov. Or at least there was going to be a Yom Tov that was connected to each shevet, right? Because I, I guess the, the question you can ask is, when we say, when, or at least when Rabbi Yehuda ben Hervasher, when he says that each tribe was supposed to have their own um, Yom Tov or their own Rosh Chodesh, does it mean that only each tribe would have his own month? Or does it mean that every tribe, I mean, all of the Shvatim would celebrate every Rosh Chodesh, but each one would be given to them in the schos of one of the tribes. 
So was everyone going to observe a holiday every Rosh Chodesh, or just each tribe for um, in each of each tribe's month? So let's let's pretend that Ruvain is Nisan. So then Ruvain would get Nisan, and Shimon would get Eor. So that to me is not entirely clear. You know, when it comes to the Avos and the Shlosh Regalim, so we all get all of them because we all are descendants of the same Avos. Then maybe you could make the argument that the tribes would only um, get for the you know for their own month. The other possibility is that no, everyone was supposed to get all of them, and we are you know all of Kalaistral's one team, Kalaistral Rivim Zebazan. And therefore, we all would have observed all of the, hol- the Rosh Chodesh holidays, right? We don't say here that women don't get um, any, you know, any, uh, um, you know, it, it's, we don't say that women get the Rosh Chodesh of their tribe. And maybe, maybe you can make the argument, and I don't know if this is, this is true or not, but maybe you could suggest that maybe each tribe was supposed to get their own month and... And they were only going to get that Rosh Chodesh, and they weren't going to get any others. And maybe what what did the women gain? This might be an answer to the Beis Yosef's question. Um, but maybe what the women gained was that each woman was only supposed to get the Rosh Chodesh for their tribe, but then they all of a sudden were able to get every Rosh Chodesh. That's, uh, it became no longer a tribal um, holiday, but it became a women's holiday. So... All of these could possibly be true, but I, 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 I wonder if there's something that's more intrinsic about Rosh Chodesh that's connected to the women. And I want to suggest that there is. One of the things that we're going to have to try to explain later this week in the special edition of Parsha Panorama for the Dalad Parshios, we are coming to a close with that series. Um, we have Parsha Sachodesh coming up, right? That's this Shabbos, um, this Shabbos, um, uh, Parsha Sachodesh. Sunday is going to be Rosh Chodesh, Rosh Chodesh Nisan. And one of the things that we're going to try to understand is what, what exactly um, is the connection between Rosh Chodesh and, and Pesach? Because, you know, we could, you know, the, the, the Chumash didn't have to preface with Rosh Chodesh. The Chumash could have just said, okay, you know, this is a day on the calendar. Um, you know, the, the first of the month could have just been Pesach. Right, it's interesting that Hashem gave us the first of the month, and then on the 15th, He gave us Pesach. Hashem didn't do it that way. Hashem gave us a preface with Rosh Chodesh. We started with Rosh Chodesh, and then that, that led its way into Pesach. So what is the unique significance of Rosh Chodesh itself? So one thing that's going to inevitably have to come up whenever you talk about Rosh Chodesh, there's a Rav Hirsch who says something to this effect about Rosh Chodesh, and that is the theme of renewal, the theme of being able to start over. The theme of you know the the moon it waxes and wanes, but every single time it has a cycle, and that cycle repeats. And even when things seem bleak, when the, the moon seems like it's gone, but then it comes back. And that the, the, that's a you know the, there's what to be said about the menstrual cycle of the women of the, of you know of women, and the moon has its cycle, and women have their cycle, and maybe there's some significance to that. But one aspect that I think is important to highlight is Rosh Chodesh is a special day that highlights Emuna and Bitachon, even when things seem dark and when things seem bleak. And if you think about it, women played such a role in the story of Pesach in terms of you know the, the righteous women who contributed to even the salvation of Moshe Rabbeinu. Think about it, how between Shifra Pua or Yochevet and Miriam, from Basia to Tzipporah, all the people, all the women that made it possible for there to be a Moshe Rabbeinu, all of their righteousness, 
And of course, the women, the righteous women who, 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 who marched out of Mitzrayim with their tambourines because they were ready. Or the same women who even when the men stopped you know, having kids, the women were trying to continue to make them have kids. We, you know, the Maros Tsobos, the mirrors of legions, they tried to, um, you know, the, the same mirrors that they used to beautify themselves. And to, you know, almost like compete with their husbands, saying that I'm more beautiful than you, that, that you, know, you know, almost like seducing their own husbands, saying as if, you know, you're, I'm, you know, you're not even, I'm, I'm out of your league. And in a certain sense, the women were out of the men's league because they had so much more Muna and Vitachon. And ultimately, the men um, wanted to be with their wives and they were able to create legions to do the holiest thing, to create the families of Kleistra. This is why, even though Moshe Rabbeinu at first glance was puzzled by the idea that the mirrors could be used for the Mishkan, Hashem said, no, I want these mirrors specifically for the key or for the faucet, the same faucet which is going to be used um, in the in the in the ritual for the sota who lacked shalom bias for the one who did not know how to have that union with her husband the right way. So I, I want these mirrors in the mishkan serving that purpose. So if you think about that, Pesach was you know Pesach was the beginning. It was the beginning of our relationship with Hashem, but it started with the rosh chodesh. And rosh chodesh once again was the ability for us to look at our past and look at everything that's dark and say, I'm turning away from that and I'm going to start over. All of that considered. So think now back to what was one of the big problems of the Chet Egel. The Chet Egel was a, it was a profound regression from the progress that Kalei Israel had made. Going back to what, what has scra- um, you know, scraps of, of, of idolatry Going back to their 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 roots in Mitzrayim, regressing, lacking a munon bitachon in 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 Moshe Rabbeinu's words and in Aaron's leadership at the time and the commandments of Hashem. You know, like this was the men, you know, failing miserably, and forgetting the message of Rosh Chodesh, which means you don't have to just go back to what you're accustomed to. You can you can start new. You, you can you know you can you can turn away from that which you know is wrong, and you can you can attach yourself to Torah and things of meaning. This is what we find in Rosh Chodesh, and this is something that the women were latching onto the entire time. And so, this idea of renewal, this idea of the cycle repeating, this idea of having a munam bitachon, this is where the geula begins, even before the geula actually happens. This might be a little bit of a connection. To, to some of what we'll say in, in the coming days about Parshas HaChodesh, but consider once again how there was first Rosh Chodesh and then there was Pesach. And it didn't happen immediately. It didn't happen straight away. But it happened with waiting, being patient, something that the men were not doing at the time of the Cheta Egal. So there's a, there's a lot to be said, and perhaps much more, regarding the connection between women and Rosh Chodesh, even though it's mostly a mystery, but um, if there's one thing that's, that's for certain, it's that um, there are many times where we see the righteous women standing up and doing where men otherwise are not. And, um, and, and um, I did not do this specifically because I saw somewhere that it's International Women's Day. Um, this has nothing to do with that, um, and that's an unfortunate coincidence. Um, but, the, but the main idea that I wanted to get across here is um, this, this special Indian that women have this special connection to Rosh Chodesh 
And it's because of righteousness that they have where we don't see it from men. I think one more point that you can add, which, um, um, you know, this connects to an even larger theme about women that has come up in this podcast before, and it's the idea of tsnios. Yes, we're going to make time for that, of course. Think about how the moon, it gets hidden, it's gone, we don't see it, and yet we know it's there. There's a certain aspect of recognizing the role of a woman in this world, being righteous, doing all the things that she's supposed to do, and it doesn't need to be in everyone's face. It doesn't need to be with the same, you know, esteem as um, um, and the same grandeur as the golden sun. It can be a little bit more tznius. It could be a little bit more modest. And yes, there will be a time, you know, in, the, in, in the, perhaps this world was not made for for both men and women in, in, the, in the same sense to be shining and being in everyone's faces. But we know that the righteousness of women is not is, is not less, and in fact is often more than the righteousness of men. And related to that, in Kiddush Levana, we say that in a certain point in time, the moon's light is going to be just as bright as the sun. And for people who are wondering why this world is this way and it's not in a different way, so um, I, I think it's important, something that we say in this podcast often, is for everyone to know what their role is, know what their responsibility is. And in the time of the Chayta Egel, the women knew what their role is, they knew what their responsibility was. And Rosh Chodesh is just a token, it's a reminder of the special um, righteousness of the women. Okay, in the meantime, that's all the time we've left for this Real, ta- real Talk Torah. So... Till next time, keep it real, keep talking, and most importantly, keep the Torah. Thanks for joining us here at The Database.